includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't want to go home. And I don't want to say goodbye to you. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You're on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And this week we play TCU after what was a dumpster fire of a fourth quarter last week against Baylor. We regroup. Uh, we, we, you know, decide to splash some water on our face and get right back out there and play the number one team in the Big 12, the TCU Horn Frogs. And to preview that series, I got the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's going on, Jeremy? Howard, not too much. Uh, happy to be back here talking football. I, unlike most, had the benefit of not being able to watch the game um, down there in Mexico. Found myself eating plenty of tamales, listening to mariachi. And uh, Texas Tech was getting a wallop. So I had to catch up on that later, which is painful. Uh, and we are officially kind of down where sports pundits wanted us to be from the get-go which is frustrating that really the only two schools below us right now are west virginia and iowa state and that's uh that's a hard to fathom given that you know you've had a couple of games that you could you, you felt like you could have had and you know that baylor game certainly illustrated everything that you should not do uh going forward <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Really? Well, I'll say this. Not in the whole game. Right? Not the whole game. For about three quarters, it was, it was you know, there was some of those, a lot of L's taken in those three quarters. But you were like, okay, well, we're in it only down to touchdown, yada, yada. And then, like we talked about, the fourth quarter from hell happened. Um, so that's really the main thing is just, let's, let's just avoid everything that happened in that fourth quarter and we'll be good. Um, so one thing is I do want to talk about this game because – when the schedule came out in the offseason, this game was circled by a lot of Texas Tech fans for a couple of reasons, right? First, starting off with the TCU athletic director, Donati, going out and basically blocking off all Texas Tech fans from purchasing tickets to this year's game, right? And then when confronted about it, making some snide remarks, being like, yeah, of course, I'm going to block y'all off. And he did so. And really enticing TCU fans to make sure tech fans don't get in the building. Um, what is your what is your opinion on on the way Donati, Jeremiah Donati's been kind of kind of weird, kind of weird to, to rile up the uh, the craziness that is our fan base? I'm really confused on the strategy. You know, why? Why Why are you saying, you know what, I'm going to cut tech fans with the assumption that there's going to be a bunch of TCU fans that show up and we're going to sell this thing out? Um, first of all, that's a completely unsportsmanlike, just in general. I mean, you know, welcome other team. I don't care who you are. Welcome other fans into your stadium. Be hospitable. The fact that you're like, hey, and he said, what do he say? He'll do it for basketball too. Man, don't be a douche. Like <laughs> that stuff comes back to bite you later on. You know, he's not going to be the athletic director there forever. Um, and it's just like, yeah, good grief, man. I feel like that's just childish. And I, I mean, I wasn't, I'll be in Fort Worth Saturday, but I was not planning on going to the game even if they were selling tickets, because that stadium is butt. And uh, I can find a 100,000 way, better ways to watch that game. No, it's not good. Um, man, what a tool. I, I mean, do you think that's... Do you think that's... I, why does that feel... It feels wrong. It feels like that shouldn't be a thing. Like, he shouldn't be able to do that. 
Oh, so you're saying Zanotti won't be there forever. So you heard it first on the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Jeremy Gillen says that Donati will be fired soon. Will be fired soon. Ah, okay, Jeremy. Inside <laughs> it's, inside this is the takes. Okay, that's... Hey, man. Um, yeah, so I actually think that Donati was, was you know, trying to, trying to drive up business. He's being a good salesman. Um, I'm actually not too mad at that. What I am a little mad at, Jeremy, is Coach Carrington. So Coach Carrington also in the offseason, after Texas Tech decided that they're going to pay all the football players $25,000, um, everybody saw it as a great thing that Texas Tech was doing, uh, using the, the NIL for the team, and it would be fantastic and a great thing for them. Everybody thought it was a good idea, except Coach Carrington for TCU that said, how are you going to build your brand in a desert? Right? He said, how are you going to build your brand in a desert? And rightfully so, it pissed off a lot of people who were like, Crooks Carrington, you don't know jack squat about Lubbock, Texas, because one, it's not a desert. And two, hate to break it to you, buddy, but our brand is bigger in Dallas-Fort Worth than yours is. And so, uh, what do you think about Coach Carrington and his uh, him wilding out like he was? And he really doubled down on that, man. I don't understand... I don't understand the aggression. Like, it, it, Texas Tech, out here in the nowheres, nobody cares. Why Why go out of your way? Why go out of your way to text that? And, like, what beef? I, I'm just curious. Like, why did he get so upset by it that he thought, you know what? I'm going to – he said – he woke up. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this tweet. I'm going to choose Bam. violence. Yeah, I'm going to choose violence today. Uh if you are on Twitter and you are a fan of sports and you are periphery, if you, especially if you're in the Big 12, you understand that Texas Tech has the strongest fan base on Twitter, um, both in scope and in power. And so sure as hell, as soon as that tweet goes out, everybody grabs onto it. And it becomes this big phenom that now everybody's like, hey, it, it, we've gone. Here, here it is. We've gone from... That tweet being sent to people, honest to God, buying cactus costumes for Halloween. <laughs> That's how far this has gone. So I think for Coach Carrington, you know, he was trying to combat the fact that Texas Tech had all the recruiting energy and the recruiting buzz right there at that moment. And I think for him, he was trying to say, you know, forget all that recruits, right? They might be giving you just throwing money at you, but you got to really think about building your brand where it needs to be, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think at the end of the day, it didn't really mean it wasn't a net. It was a, a, a moot point for TCU. Like it wasn't a, a positive or a negative. It didn't really affect them. Uh, unfortunately for Coach Carrington, the opposite happened to what he was trying to do. And it has been nothing but a net positive for Texas Tech, right? Uh, Coach McGuire and the entire Texas Tech athletic department did a great job of using that and using the cactus. This is on the cacti on Twitter and just blowing it up. And they've done an absolutely fantastic job of marketing it, marketing it positively for Texas Tech, of showing you that, hey, our brand goes far. Right. Uh, um, and also not to mention that Kevin McCullough's Raising Cane's commercials wasn't just in Lubbock. It was also in, <laughs> in Dallas, Fort Worth. But then our brand goes far. Like the, the look at all the cactuses you see. Look at our Twitter national championship. Right. And we can joke about it. But at the end of the day, you know who lives on Twitter? Recruits do. Right. And so recruits can say, man, this is a huge, this is a huge fan base. The brand does go far. Right. I can go anywhere in Dallas, anywhere in Houston, anywhere in Austin, anywhere in Albuquerque, Oklahoma City, and people are going to know who I am. Right. And so that's, that is what is um they were able to do and, and i think they've done a fantastic job with it but what it has done is it did make tech fans circle this game and so this game is in fort worth is in the mg carter stadium sold out a lot of tech fans will be there a lot of tcu fans will be there as well and 
And so this makes it a pretty enticing game. Now, TCU's undefeated, but this is, make no bones about it, it's a rivalry game. It is a rivalry game between Texas Tech and TCU. Texas Tech holds the all-time record in the game. Uh, TCU right now on a three-game winning streak, however. And what are your initial thoughts to this matchup this year in 2022? Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Not good. Not good, Albie. Not good. And I think part of it is, you know, TCU, TCU hasn't wowed me. But they haven't given me a reason to doubt that they'll win the rest of the games on their schedule. That makes sense. Like every game has been pretty much uh, ten points or less outside of their absolute decimation of Oklahoma. Um, has been like it's been a really they've kept it within a pretty much a possession and a mistake. And that's worrisome because to me it shows that uh, TCU can time and time again this season put themselves in a situation where they could very well give up and lose. They could like very well lose a game, but then they just double down. And then Duggan goes out there and does his thing, and the defense plays well. And they get a turnover. At the, like, they, they're creating victory. Um, is that entirely on Coach Dykes? I have no idea. Uh, it's hard to say. It's They have a really good unit. Um, they've just got a really good team this year. And it's going to be one of those years where TCU goes out and does the thing. And nobody in like national media cares. Nobody cares. Um, and I feel so bad about it. They were ranked. Putting TCU seventh in the college football playoff is. And I actually hate it for a couple reasons. Um, but first of all, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, it's insulting to not just TCU, but the entire Big 12, because you're basically putting them at seventh and saying that, oh, y'all ain't, they ain't played nobody. And what sucks most about that is that they kind of have. They already played Kansas State and Oklahoma State, the second and third best team in the conference, right? So, like, there's no other teams for them to play to really boost their stock. And so the college football playoff, that was, that was them saying Big 12 ain't nothing, right? And so that wasn't. Um, that wasn't great. And another reason why I hated it was because, well, it gives them something to be pissed about. <laughs> this is a week I didn't want them yeah. to be pissed about yeah. anything. And it gives them something to be pissed no. about. If I'm if I'm Sunny Dykes, I'm saying, see, they don't respect you. They don't think that you're good enough. You need to go out there and beat the snot out of Texas Tech to prove to them that you are good enough, right? And so that that right there, um, it's but it was disrespectful, right? Especially as I look at it and I, and I compare them to Clemson. Mind you, Clemson was ranked fourth. So funny thing about about um, TCU being ranked seventh and Clemson fourth is TCU beat Oklahoma State, who is currently ranked, I think, 13th in the college football playoff. They also beat Kansas State by 10, who is ranked uh, 18th in the college football playoff. Those two teams are ranked higher than any single team, any team that Clemson has beaten this year. Clemson has not beaten a team in the top 19 this year at all. Now they've beaten three teams that are ranked 20, 21, and 22, but they have not beaten, any, but both Kansas and Oklahoma State are better than that. So with for both of those two teams to be better, you as a college football playoff committee, you are saying that TCU has beaten two teams better than the best team Clemson has played, yet we think Clemson is the fourth best team in the country and TCU seventh. And then not only that, it's not even a situation where you can say, oh, well, maybe Clemson is just blowing these teams out of the water and TCU isn't. No, <laughs> because they went to double overtime with one. Clemson has already went to double overtime with one. They've not blown out any of those teams. Mind you, yeah, TCU had close wins against Oklahoma State. 
10-point win against Kansas State, not too snappy, right? And so, like, they – and then, like you said, blowing out Oklahoma, beating Kansas at Kansas convincingly when they were ranked. Um, it, it's kind of – them ranking TCU at 7th was was kind of a little bit ridiculous. I think everybody in the Big 12 should be upset about that because they're, they're not just crapping on TCU, but crapping on the conference as a whole. Um, so, with that being said, all that being said, um, I – yeah, like I said, I, d- I don't like that they ranked them seventh because now they have something to be upset about going into this week. That's something to have TCU focus and say, oh, we're going to lay it on the, the, the Red Raiders. Um, and if they weren't already focused because they heard me crap talk them all offseason, I thought TCU would be terrible. I picked TCU to go come ninth in the conference. Jeremy, I thought they'd be ninth in the conference, and they're the best team in the conference right now. Um, Sonny Dykes is hitting everything on the head. He's doing an absolutely fantastic job. I didn't think this roster was very good. Um uh, newsflash, they are. Um, so, uh, Spicy. the O line, yeah. <laughs> the O line that was supposed to be Swiss cheese has been been very good this year. Um, uh, Kendrick Miller's been good, and I expected that. And, and Max Duggan's been good, I expected that. But, uh, but I didn't expect him to be this good. I didn't expect Miller to be this good. I didn't expect their receivers to be this good. Um, I expect their defense to be this great. Uh, it's it's been it's been really really a sight to see. What is it with TCU and ginger-headed quarterbacks? They just they just do it for them. Uh, I I don't understand how Duggan took such. You were a lot higher on Duggan than the rest of us were at the beginning of the, of the year, and um, like I knew he would take. You know, obviously you got to take a step forward. This dude is taking a leap. I mean, he's he set a record in the triple jump here. Um, I just playing well. Playing better than he's ever played. I mean, he's having a career year uh, at TCU. You know, right now, 22 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's over 2,200 yards. I mean, he's one of the best. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation right now. I don't, you can't argue that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Duggan's, you know, and, and of course he's not going to get the respect he deserves, but I think he should be in the Heisman conversation right now. Um, now there's still H- Hendon Hooker and, and Bryce Young, and that's why he's not going to get it. But and CJ Stroud, that's why he's not going to get it. But um, but he should be in the conversation. Like the way he's playing, he he's been incredible. Uh, right now, if the season was to end today, he'd be the Big Twelve Player of the Year. And so, um, and, and if you remember the last two years, bigger reason why TC has beaten us is because well, Max Duggan just running down our throats. He hasn't really had to pass. Right. And and last year, coming into the season, I was of the opinion that Max Duggan, we all know he can run, but he'll be able to show us how much goal he can pass. And well, he wasn't great passing the ball. So this year coming into the season, he gets benched. Every they say Chandler Morris is better. Guess what? Chandler Morris, take a seat, he gets a little hurt. Chandler Morris gets hurt. Max Duggan comes in, he says, Oh, wait, I can pass this year. And like you said, 2,200 yards on the season, um, taking care of the ball, uh, still running like a maniac, but He's not running because he has to anymore. He's running because he wants to, and that's even more dangerous. Yeah, and if there's one thing that Texas Tech has just had a really hard time against for the greater part of this century, uh, it's quarterbacks that can run uh, and quarterbacks that run well. And Duggan fits that bill. Like you said, the past games that we've played against Duggan, it's just his legs. It's his, it's, our, it's an inability to guard um, that threat. And it, I think that in the past, TCU's done a really good job at drawing that up where it's it feels very natural and it feels very seamless. And it's not like this awkward, well, it's kind of like a quarterback draw. You know, it's 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 very well. Fu- so I'm interested to see, you know, 
what's different this year. And so I, I'm, you know, we'll get into it. it's my matchup of the game, kind of hinting away there. But, you know, Duggan in Fort Worth, I mean, Texas Tech is trying desperately, I think, right now to kind of figure out how to win, like how to win again, because last week was a disaster um, last weekend. Um, there's a really good, there's a really good opportunity here. And I think we're going to still squander it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So real quick. So we've talked about Duggan. Who else on the offensive side gives you the heebie-jeebies? Oh, um, well, let me just pull a name out of the hat because they all do it for me at this point. Uh, Kendra Miller. Are we going to do that thing where we say, man, you want to talk about good running back? (laughs) Kendra Miller. Oh, Uh, you mean what? Another Big 12 (laughs) team that has a great running back? Ah, who would have (laughs) thunk? Who would have thunk? But we're back. Kendra Miller. Oh, my gosh, dude. He is a tank of sorts. And I think that, you know, again, Dang it! You got a quarterback that can run, and you know what? If we start putting a spy on him, he's got. We got the Miller's going to take it. Uh, so for me, the running attack for TCU. I'm not even thinking about the passing right now. Um, the rushing attack from TCU is going to be devastating. So let me ask and you I, this, Jeremy. Uh, can you? Can you? Who was a team? Can you think of a team that we've played this year that had a good running quarterback and a good running back? Can you think of one team? <laughs> you keep going back to them. Oh, I can't think of they any. Also happen to be, they you... also happen to be purple. Um, I don't. Uh... Are we are we playing a Kansas State point two point here? <laughs> That's, listen, Kansas State's probably the best offense we played all year, and they killed us. They killed they killed the defense. And guess what? We are looking at Kansas State two the team that beat Kansas State last or a couple weeks ago. Right? That does not make us feel make me feel any better. We got Molly walked by the mini boss, and now we're coming up against the full boss, and we're <laughs> about right. to get wrecked. <laughs> we That's are right. not ready. Um, yeah, no, Kendra Miller's a beast. He's the one. He's the guy that killed us last year. I mean, uh, the game that, in my opinion, got Matt Wells fired. Everybody will go to Kansas State getting Matt Wells fired. I think the I think Kansas State just got him fired early. Um, but I think after TCU, uh, it was a writing was on the wall that he would be fired eventually. And Kendra Miller did it. He's the one that really. Um, it ran it down Sealed our throats and was just Zach Evans was the high profile running back, but Kendra Miller just absolutely destroyed us last year. And uh, if, if if he's seeing text the red and black again, he's probably licking his chops. Um, what, who else on offense is is scaring you? Uh, well, do you want to go to the wideouts here? I mean, they've got a plethora of receivers who can really do it for them. I mean, you got Quentin Johnson, Tay Barber should be familiar to people. Um, Darius Davis, Savion Williams, Gunnar Henderson, just the entire offensive passing scheme. Yeah, I mean, so so, so an embarrassment of riches at receiver. Um, this is where Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley, that's where the calling card has been over at SMU. Sonny Dykes has always been an air raid guy, and he's taken this ideology and brought it to TCU just with the rushing attack as well. And yeah, they got started. And I'm actually very excited to see their receivers going up against our secondary Um Secondary right now, second fewest passing yards in the country. I know it's amazing to think about a Texas Tech defense that has the second fewest passing – held the opponents with second fewest passing yards in uh, not in the country, but in the uh, Big 12, sorry, conference. the conference. Yeah, the conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a little ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah. Second fewest passing yards in the, in the conference. It feels, but, like um, the con- it feels like the country. <laughs> yeah. 
but to, but yeah, this is is going to be very interesting to see that matchup there with their receivers versus our uh, secondary. So as we flip to the other side of it and we think about our receivers versus their secondary, um, do we win that matchup? You know, well, who's got to? We got we got kind of a big question mark, Albert. I think. Uh, you know, when it comes to receivers, it's kind of an A and B thing. Receiver is B, quarterback is A. I have no idea what the A is going to be come Saturday. And so I don't know. And after that Baylor game, I mean, we're back in the heat of a, of a three-way, apparently a three-way quarterback battle because we don't know how to play one quarterback. So, no, man, it's a, three, and then it's, what? Three, it's a three QB package. <laughs> and then he said... Yeah, you might see all three. Why? Why? Why can we not just decide what is the grief? So uh, I was I was opening this up. I was opening this up for us to talk a little bit about Travion Hodges Tomlinson, who is the Tyree Wilson of TCU. And I say that in that Travion Hodges Tomlinson will be in the NFL. He will be a high draft pick. He's amazing. He's the best cornerback in the conference. He's he's wildly ridiculous, right? Um, that's what I was opening this up for you for, Jeremy. Uh, but since we are talking about the Texas Tech quarterbacks, let's hop right up and on to it, right? Let's talk about the Texas Tech offense versus the CCU defense, starting with the Texas Tech quarterback situation. Um, who do you think will be the starting quarterback come Saturday? Uh, I think... I think Morton is still gonna go out there at QB one. Um, I, I I'm I'm wondering. I am flummoxed to use a word Kinsey likes. Um, I just don't know what's going on in Kitley's mind. Honestly, um, you have you have Morton start, and when he gets starts getting the rhythm, you pull him. You put another quarterback in there. Cold interception. Oh, okay. Put another guy in there. Cold interception to the house. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know who you put in against TCU and you feel comfortable about. Morton still has a lot. I mean, we said, I've said it at the beginning, Morton's good, has a lot of growth left to happen. Okay. We saw that in the second half of Oklahoma State. Um, Donovan Smith, same difference. Tyler Shuck, hey man, you haven't played football in a while and you have a, you had a clavicle issue. You just need to, you just need to, you just be done. Go do car sales or something damn you're putting like them out over. to pasture <laughs> it's uh, just just guard yourself brother it's not worth it oh um, my goodness i uh, i don't know and i think kitley doesn't know either i honestly think that kitley has no freaking clue because this fan base is pretty impatient and yeah, <laughs> this this like the offensive coordinator for Texas Tech is a really tough job. Defensive coordinator not as tough, right? It's like you're you're coming into a fan base with no expectations, no cares. The fact that you are not dead last in the statistic is a freaking victory. Build the statue. But the offense, there is some disgusting romanticism around Texas Tech's offense that I mean since Leach uh, Tuberville, not really, but Kingsbury that built this idea that like you have to score every play or every, excuse me, you have to score every drive and you have to whip your opponent. You have to get 40 points at least. Otherwise, it's a bad game. Uh, and that's just bull crap. It's just total crap. And now we have a, now we're in a kind of an era of, well, this quarterback, 
He did not get a touchdown on that throw, so we should pull him and put the other kid in because I know he'll be better. He'll be better. No. No. That's, yeah. It's 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 armchair coaches pretending like they understand the game of football, and I think Kitley has found a little bit of pressure in that, maybe, and that's kind of killing our vibe right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, um... You know, I, I think that, and, and I'm, I've kind of been of the opinion that once you start Baron Morton, he's the guy and you don't waver from it, right? Like once you, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I was so hesitant to even have Baron Morton as a starter. It's one of the reasons why I rode with Donovan Smith so long, because I'm of the belief that the second you have Baron Morton and you say you are my starting quarterback, that's it. There's no going back from that. There's no going to, 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 to Shuck. There's no going to Smith. He's your guy, and you ride him for the next two and a half years or until he proves that he's absolutely not the guy. Um, I, I think the last game, he made a lot of freshman mistakes, right? He made a lot of freshman mistakes, and most of it's mechanical. I, I really think most of it was mechanical. Most of it was him throwing off his back foot. Most of him was not him not being set when he's throwing it, and most of it was him playing scared. Um and so a lot, but as an offensive coordinator, you put him in successful situations. And for two drives against Baylor, we saw that. We put him in good situations. We had him roll out a little bit. We always talk about how good Donovan Smith is throwing on the run. Guess what? Morton's also very good throwing on the run. So let's get him in those situations. Um, and this is where you got to coach. You got to coach a little bit. Uh, because Baron Morton, he, he needs some coaching up, right? Um, but he's a guy. He's who I think should start this Saturday. I think it should be Baron Morton. I think you ride with him because once you've made that decision now, right? Against Oklahoma State, you said, okay, Donovan Smith's hurt. That's why Baron Morton's playing. All right. But against this last game, excuse me, against West Virginia, you said, no, Baron Morton's the starter. He is starting. And so with that, you don't just go back on it because he struggles against Baylor. So you put him back out there against TCU. He's your starter, and he's who should be the starter. Um, and and if you're bringing Donovan Smith in for a package, it better be a package that only he can do. <laughs> that's that's you know yeah, don't truthfully. don't do this don't do this whole weird thing. Like I, I just stop it. Let Barry Morton be the guy, and I think he is going to be the guy come Saturday. Um, and so with that, what other pieces of TCU's defense can Tech offense exploit? Uh, can exploit? Jeez, it's a good question, Albert. Um, man, so something that was kind of working that we didn't do a lot against the Baylor uh, defenses run. Um, I, I'm trying. I was trying to look up. There it is. Uh, just how good TCU's rush defense has been this season. Um, surprisingly, they've given up. Okay, here it is. Let me make it one more over. Uh, I mean, they've given up a substantial amount of... I mean, they'll give up about four yards on average a game. I mean, that's bread and butter for Sir Roderick and Taj. And so if they're going to like... I think something that you failed to do in the Baylor game is you didn't run as enough as you should. I think you got to that point where uh, the pressure's coming on. We're starting to get behind. You know, we've talked about this before. You start to get behind. What do you do? Ditch the runners. We got to pass and get points quickly. Um no, and I think that you know not establishing, not maintaining an establishment of the run, is what kills you late in the game, dude. So Roderick and Taj are great. Put them out, put them out there. Force TCU to cram the box, and then give Morton a chance. You know, give Morton a chance to challenge this defense. Because if we're not running, if we're not running the ball nearly as much, then um, 
you know, they're just going to hang out in the zone and just make Morton's life hell or whoever we trot out there. So for me, I mean, your best chance against TCU is making them, putting them on their back foot with the run game. Oh, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. This shouldn't be the game where Sir Roderick Thompson goes and balls out, where Todd Brooks goes and balls out. Listen, use the run game. Pound the run game. Even if it doesn't work early on, keep at it. Keep going after it. A lot of times fans, you know, get in this thing where they say, oh, you know, if, if the run game gets stuffed, why do they keep going back to that? It's not working. Why? Because you need to show the opposing defense that we will run it. <laughs> you need to show them that, hey, we'll, we'll still run it. We will still run it. We'll still go in there and run the ball and just showing that, right? Not just run it, draw plays. What what where, what happened to a good draw? We have not done draw plays in forever. Do a draw. It doesn't all have to be screens to throw the defense off balance. Do a draw play. I actually think in our offense, draw plays would work wonderfully. I think a draw play, a few draw plays last week against Baylor would have done, been a godsend, right? Draw plays, screens, uh, tight end screens, running back screens, right? like doing doing things that are off balance. I think that's some of the things that Kingsbury used to do that we don't necessarily see from Kitley, right? We're expecting Kitley to come in and be Kingsbury 2.0. And we haven't really seen that as much. And I think those kind of throwing it off, keeping the defense on their toes in that way is going to be the most beneficial there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's the best way for, for tech to really exploit that for TCU. And, and, and that will keep them off balance. A, a defense that has been better than we expected, but if TCU is going to lose a game, it's going to be because the defense gives it up. And this is, this is the way to do it. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so with that being said, um, it is time now, Jeremy, for our prize picks predictions. Prize picks prediction. That's right. Go to prizepicks.com. Um, go in there, put in some money to get your to uh, uh once you put in money, you can go ahead and make selections over unders on different individual player odds and spreads, what the over-under will be on a fantasy score, on how many touchdowns they'll score, uh, uh, yards, etc., from player to player. And by when you put in your money, up to 100 bucks, prize picks will match that if you put in our promo code TORTILLAS12, that is T-O-R-T-I-L-L-A-S-1-2, uh, TORTILLAS12. So, Jeremy, uh, first things first, who do you think the star of the game will be for Texas Tech on the offensive side for them to get a victory here. Mm. Uh, I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be Todd Brooks, actually, this game. Mm. My answer was Sir Roger. And so that's we're me just not, on the opposite, that's... We're just on the opposite ends of the Oh, game. is it really? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. man, there we go. Well, we got our both bases covered. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. I both them. I will say, recent the O line last week was Swiss cheese. Um, the O line last week was not good by by any stretch. Um, last week, I say the worst unit on the team was the coaching staff, <laughs> but second worst was probably the O line. Oh yeah. Um, second worst probably the O line. The O line was not good, and I think one of the reasons why the coaching staff pressed as much as they did was because of how much that the O line. Uh, didn't do them any favors, didn't do the offense any favors. And so for the running game to get going, for Sirajic or Taj to get going, the O-line is going to have to get going in general. But I will say, uh, my, thing, my, my choice is Sirajic there. Defensively, who's going to be the star of the game? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Kozai Eldridge. 
if we put him in the spicy if we put him in the he's got to be in the spy he's got to be in that spy um because Duggan's going to force he's got to be the spy and he's got to commit because I've seen plays where he's been in the spy and he's got a little too antsy and then he's like running in and then didn't work um Kozai Eldridge in the spy I think gets him you know a, a defensive player nod for sure it worked a few times on Shapin, right? Like, yeah. So Shapin had a couple times when he was able to go for the first down, and Deruder said, "All right, cut that, uh, Kosai, go after him." And it worked. It worked a few times with him doing that spy on Shapin, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's actually a really good piece. Um, I have Rabbit. I know I've I've elect. I feel like every game that I say Rabbit is the player of the game. He doesn't get an interception, but I have Rabbit getting a, hopefully getting a pick here on Duggan. Um, if I'm Duggan, I don't pass until you until Tech makes me. Um, if I'm, I'm, I'm Dykes in general, but that's not Dykes' MO. Dykes does like to pass the ball when he can. That's why Duggan has 2,200 yards. And I think Rabbit might be able to force him into his third interception. Remember last time we played a quarterback that was really good at taking care of the ball was JT Daniels. And JT Daniels threw just as many interceptions in the game against Texas Tech as he had all season leading up to that game. So, um, I, I think if Tech can do it, if Tech can get a a victory here, it'll be because we do the same thing to Duggan as we did to JT Daniels. So, Jeremy, last thing I'm going to ask you, does Texas Tech get a victory here? No. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Uh, um, I don't think. No, I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think that I, I don't think that we have the we don't have a quarterback situation figured out. I don't. I don't trust Kitley right now. You know what, Jeremy? I'm just. I'm sick of you. I am sick Why? of you. Um, no, it's. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm absolutely sick of you doing this and doubting our team. Right? Doubting our team that's going to go in there and give their all. They're going to have Tex fan base behind them <laughs> in the stadium in Lubbock sure. East. Right? No. No. How dare you? How dare you do this, right? Because I, I for one, am not like you. I for one, I'm not going to do this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go in there and I'm going to support this team. I'm going to make sure that they are ready to go off and pull the best upset known to man, right? And I'm going to make sure the Texas Tech, and I'm going to predict the Texas Tech loses. <laughs> Texas Tech loses. They're going to lose. Um, Have we <laughs> Uh, Texas. I was like, have we switched sides now? Have we switched. We're just totally switching on on air personality. Yeah, no, no. Te- Texas gonna lose this game. Um, yeah, so in the season, in the off season, I remember I've I've laughingly said that Texas Tech was going to win only four games this year. Now Texas already won four games this year, so I'm probably going to be wrong here. But I said Texas Tech was only going to win four games. We're going to go four and eight. Um, one of the wins is over TCU. I said Tech, we're going to win. T- we're going to beat TCU because they're going to be just as bad. Um, yeah, I was wrong about both. TC has been incredible, and Tech is, and um, Tech is likely going to win more of the four games. But uh, this is a game that I thought Tech was going to be able to win, uh, and I, I no longer believe that. I think TCU is is really good. They're not the seventh best team in the country. They're much better than that, um, and they're at least better than Clemson. Listen, if you think they're not, maybe maybe you think that other teams may be better, but they're better than Clemson. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so. I think TCU beats us. I think they beat us 38 to 28, which is the same score that they used to beat Kansas State. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I think things don't uh, they don't they don't go in our favor, Jeremy. And we we slide to four and five, and it'll be the first time all season we had a losing record, unfortunately. But bright side would be that um, after this game, 
you know, better times are ahead. Better times are ahead after this game, Jeremy, because after this game, we have Kansas, then we have Iowa State, then we have a bad Oklahoma team. So this will be actually probably the toughest team we have to play remaining. So that's the benefit. That's a good thing. So we could. There's bowl eligibility still still in the running here. Bowl eligibility is still here. We are still here. We still got Kansas and Iowa State um, and Oklahoma. So even if we do lose this game, don't lose the faith. Uh, but you know what? Last week, both Dylan, both Jeremy and I said we predicted uh, wins. We said, you know what? Texas going to go out there and beat Baylor. And boy, were we wrong. And so this time we're saying Texas going to go out there and take that L against TCU. So who knows? Who knows? We who love knows? being wrong here on Tortillas and Takes. That's right. We're wrong a lot. We're wrong a lot. That's true, we get man. such great analysis, such great reasons for our takes, and then we're wrong. And it happens. When you're when you when you make analysis, when you give these this analysis for sports, crazy things happen. Everybody likes to troll ESPN and Fox Sports commentators because they make analysis and they're wrong. That's part of the business. So Yeah. Um, and they get paid for Jeremy, it. So Yeah, they get paid a lot for it. We only get paid a little bit for it. So uh Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Uh Super excited. I mean, four and four right now. I'm actually really excited about the rest of the season. Like you said, I, I've just been kind of eyeing the TCU game like, well, that sucks. But afterwards, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, it's exciting. It, it'll be, it'll, it'll hopefully be a more pleasant finish, which is, you know, um, given the way that the middle of the season's kind of panned out, it'd be a nice breath of fresh air for the end of the first year of McGuire's era. Yeah, I, uh, that's, that's that's a really good that's a really good way to to, to go in there go in there right there um, big picture view of the entire season even though we're four weeks away from the end of the season Jeremy the season's not over we got plenty of ways to go so um, and uh, we'll see what happens we'll see what happens I for one I'm gonna sit back relax hopefully by this time the Astros will be World Series champions by the time we play Saturday so I can just kick it and no matter what happens happens it won't matter because I'm gonna be a world champion so we'll see. Right now, as we're recording this, we're watching the Astros play game four. We know we're going to win the game, Jeremy. We're going to win the game. Game four, we are going to win the game. Um, But I want to see if something else happens as I'm watching this in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, Nothing that I care about can happen in this top of the ninth inning. It's a big question of what will happen in the bottom of the ninth inning. So we will see. Um, So for uh, Astros fan Jeremy Gillen, this is Astros fan Albie Shore. And you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast of Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people.